Welcome to Funeral Potatoes for the Singles Ward. Tune in to today's taboo topic with Kaylee and Tracy. All right, so everyone, as you know, we work together on putting each podcast episode together. You know, like there's two of us, we should do the research, like we each have a stake in this. So even if there's one of us who usually puts in a large percentage of the work, we always do at least like a little bit each. That may or may not explain the funny fact why today we went into a episode with a title that we enjoy, but we also ended up coming in with different viewpoints. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to be doing one episode on one topic, but in two different directions. We'll find out how this goes. So, <laughs> and putting it all together. <laughs> yes. It's going to be great. It's going to be so great, you guys. So good. So, today we are talking about by their fruits, ye shall know them. Now, this is a very important principle, and it's, I think it's become increasingly relevant within the last year or so, especially as problems arise in the world and as we become more aware of the problems that plague us and the the world around us so anyway so tracy focused on external sources and on misinformation and that sort of thing whereas i was more focused on the people aspect of it so i was like okay we need to talk about the people and the kind of fruits that they're bearing and how we're reaping what we sow etc 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 these may be different but they're also like the same a little bit i don't know how this happened i might have been half asleep. I don't know. But the thing is, we're going to do our best and we're going to share a lot of great insights from both perspectives. And you know what? If we do another episode later on that like covers more on this, then that sounds great. And hopefully you guys like all of that. But ultimately, we're going to relate it back to Jesus Christ because that's what we're here to do. To start this discussion off, we're going to start by talking about specific things that Jesus said regarding by their fruits you shall know them. In Christ's Sermon on the Mount, as documented in Matthew 5 through 7, Christ taught a bunch of important principles such as prayer, caring for the needy, handling religious law, fasting, judging others, and so much more. In Matthew 7 verses 15 through 20, the Lord warns the people of potential imposters who will try to pass themselves off as his authorized representatives. He said, Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruits, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruits. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. So now what does this mean? Well, to start off, we have to think about a couple things. One, what are the fruits of the Spirit? And two, what does fruit have anything to do with this whatsoever? So the fruits of the Spirit, as we learn in Galatians 5 verses 22 through 23, are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. This teaches us the feelings that we'll have as a result of the presence of the Holy Ghost in our lives. Good sources and good people that have and spread correct information can also provide such feelings. They could inspire us to learn more, to change, to become better people, and to make positive impacts in the communities or in our personal lives. Fruit is a byproduct of trees or plants that have their roots planted in something. If a fruit is bitter, moldy, or just all-around disgusting, it probably has bad roots. 
If a fruit is sweet and clean and free from contaminants, it probably has good roots. A good fruit cannot come from a bad tree. Likewise, a bad fruit cannot come from a good tree. On gotquestions.org, there's an article about the fruits of the Spirit and by their fruits you shall know them. One of the contributors to this article states, quote, In our lives, every word and every action is a fruit from our hearts. Sinners sin because that's what's in their hearts. Thieves steal, rapists attack, and adulterers cheat because those sins are the fruit of being produced from an evil heart. Bad hearts produce bad fruit, end quote. I liked this quote because... Like the article states, fruits in, the, in this case are actions, feelings, thoughts, and words. If a source is inviting you to hurt people or to say rude things to people or do something violent or bad, it's probably a bad source. And it's probably also a bad person if that person is inviting you to do those things as well. That's a very good point. Conversely, if a source or a person is inviting you to serve, to sucker, to learn, love, and say good things, it's probably a good source and a good person. That's a very good point. And I I remember it being said, I don't even know who it was. I feel like it, it had to have been a, might have been from like one of our apostles who said anything good basically will come from Jesus Christ. Like if you have a good feeling about something, if you feel good about this, if you feel good about that, if that good thing happens, if there's something good about this, all of that comes from Jesus Christ. Yeah, because Satan can't promote or produce good, truly good thoughts, feelings, and actions. Exactly. Simple as that. So the article continues to say, quote, Often people profess faith in Jesus as a savior, but it is a mere profession with no real faith. Some people attend church services but spend the rest of their time living entirely for themselves. Some may rise to prominence, even teaching or preaching, writing books, or dominating the media, but the fruit of their lives lies in their words. Greed, deception, immorality, pride, or dishonesty defines them, making them false prophets by Jesus' standards. While we can never know anyone else's heart, we can make wise assessments about other people by observing the regular fruit of their lives, end quote. Ooh, that is good. Okay, the one thing that really came to mind while you were saying that is the recent phenomenon of mega church leaders and their super expensive shoes. Their shoes? Yes. <laughs> Have you not? Oh, no, I haven't heard of this. Oh my gosh. Okay, so these mega church leaders are like starting to spend thousands of dollars on their shoes. What? Yeah. Yes. They're also like the type of people who are like, yes, I do need church funds for my second yacht. What? Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. I do think we are all entitled to making our choices. We're all entitled to collecting things that we really like. If we care very much about the shoes that we wear, then that's totally understandable. Like. I, I get that we all have our hobbies and everything. I, I get that. But the fact that they are in these roles where they're supposed to be saying, let's be like Christ, and then they're spending money that's donated to them on superfluous things that are not truly beneficial is just a sign of hypocrisy in my point of view. And like you said, it's talking about it's greed, deception, immorality, pride, and dishonesty that ends up defining them. I don't think they'd be such... I don't think they'd be in the way of being false prophets as much if they were trying to be truly humble people. But you can go on air. You can be a great leader without spending thousands of dollars 
on fancy items. That's true. At the same time, like, we're not trying to condemn the wealthy because we know that there are people that live, not like, I mean, (laughs) billionaires, yes, Jeff Bezos, get out of here. But like, there are people that have worked hard and saved a lot of money and are independently mm-hmm. wealthy because of everything mm-hmm. that they've done in their lives. And they, yes. they're okay with spending that kind of money because they have it. I am okay with that. Mm-hmm. I'm not condemning you for that. But if you spend your life preaching, give to the needy, give to the poor, and then you turn around and put all of your money into yourself and your vanity and exactly just chasing more money instead of actually giving back that's where a problem is and that's what what defines you right exactly it's like it's with this principle it's basically a singular strategy for us to be able to view understand and take action in the world around us so we can learn about these kind of people we can learn about the resources like information and in current events and use this principle in our own lives for cultivating the type of people that we want to be and the type of people we want to be around The more we take into consideration how people treat themselves and one another is going to help us figure out who we are and help us to live our lives in the manner that we really want to. And we can do this by knowing people by their fruits, by the information that we learn, by the actions that people are taking. So we do have to be careful with this, though, of course. Um... Because, yes, I just started making some judgments and we don't really have the right to judge. So I am a little bit of a hypocrite, um, but also... Aren't we all? Yes, I'm working on it, you guys. I'm working on it. I just don't think people need to spend that much money on a pair of shoes. That's my, that is my personal opinion. That is all. If you knew me growing up, like that's literally never changed. I, I'm still like that. I, I struggle to spend money on myself. Anyways, this is a topic for another episode. We're going to like way <laughs> off complaining about our millennial penny pincher yeah. lifestyles. Um, but the point I was trying to get to, y'all, um, is judgment. We do need to be careful when we do that. We need to be able to judge wisely. While we are cautioned by Christ in the Sermon on the Mount to not judge us, he has given us the power of the Holy Ghost, which gives us the power of discernment. Discernment is perceiving the true character of people or the source of manifestations. And we have a good source to turn to when we want to learn more about that in Moroni chapter 7. It's verses 5 through 19, and those teach us how the Holy Ghost helps us to discern between good and evil. In verse 16 and 17, it says, The Spirit of Christ is given to every man, that he may know good from evil. Wherefore, I show unto you the way to judge, for everything which inviteth to do good, and to persuade to believe in Christ, is sent forth by the power and gift of Christ. But whatsoever thing persuadeth men to do evil, and believe not in Christ, and deny him, and serve not God, then ye may know with a perfect knowledge it is of the devil. For he persuadeth no man to do good, no, not one." Ooh, that's good. Mic drop. And, <laughs> yes. Um, and that's like, that's, I guess that's where the quote that I was thinking about earlier comes in. Like anything that is good, that persuades men to do good, that's going to be of Christ. Anything else is not. Simple as that. I think in this day and age, a lot of things do feel quite gray, but I think that's definitely like one, one of those things that is like very black and white. Yeah. I think it's 
really helpful that it's explained in this way in Moroni because it sets such an easy way for us to discern what is good and what is bad. Like it's not just like a oh well if a friend invites you to do this thing it could it's good, but because it's your friend it's not like in shades of gray it's like okay is the activity you're being invited to do good or bad? Does it invite you to do good? Does it invite you to do bad? That's how you can tell. And so it just, it cuts out that gray area. It makes it very clear what you should be looking for. Here in, in the vert in Moroni, so Mormon is teaching us effectively that judging the fruits of a person or thing is necessary to know if it is good or bad. Simple as that. That means that we all need to use our gift of the Holy Ghost to discern when something is good or bad. Now, those who've been baptized, we have been blessed with the gift of the Holy Ghost, but that doesn't mean people who have not been baptized cannot access the Holy Ghost. You still can, truly. So while we often use this concept of judgment, this judgment analogy for situations like parties for youth or bad environments in general, we need to be using this gift for discerning the resources and media that we are consuming in our lives as well. Which is really important because the way I think most of us were raised was to be like, okay, it's in the newspaper. Like they are supposed to be, um, what's what's the word? They're supposed to be unbiased. Yes. Was that actually the word? It is basically objective. That's the other word. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking technically of objective, but unbiased is exactly this. It's a synonym. So yes, they're <laughs> supposed to be. Um, but that's not the that's not the way things are. Um, everyone has their own aims that they're going for, and especially those who like now own our media do have their own aims and goals that they're driving towards. There are some pointers that we can keep in mind though when we are diving into those shocking clickbait and news breaking stories and so on. So one thing we can keep in mind is we can ask ourselves, if is this article encouraging me to do something productive? Is this book encouraging me to learn something new? Is this news program inviting me to help someone in need? Is this documentary bringing new information to my knowledge that helps me become a better person? If those answers are no, they might not be good sources. One thing that I learned from researching this article is that something that we need to differentiate in our minds is entertainment and resources, like entertainment Ooh. and news sources, mm -hmm. because everything that we have now, like we have access to literally the entire world's yes. collection of information yes. in our pockets. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we forget that the stuff on our phone and on our computers is not merely entertainment. And so we'll click those clickbaity articles and we'll read them because it's thrilling, it's exciting, it's giving us some sort of entertainment for the day. But we have to remember that not all things that we consume are meant for entertainment. And we have to figure out a way to differentiate between those things, which is entertainment and which is an actual news source or which is an actual resource for me to be learning from. Yes. And so I think that these questions are more meant for us to remember when we're consuming media in the sense of research and sources and reading news. These are questions we need to be asking ourselves. That is very important. And I mean, that really does go for everything. Even when I like for true crime documentaries, for example, I like we both love those. And I think there's a lot of insightful information that we can learn from them. But we do have to be careful 
and even consider who's making them and what perspective that they are trying to push. I mean, as as biased and as objective they might try to be, people are still innately subjective. Like we all have our biases, we all have our own personal beliefs, and we're going to be directing things in that direction, whether or not we mean to. What, uh, one other thing that we can also do is sometimes when we're exploring something new is we might have a gut feeling that something is off about the source that we're diving into. When that happens, do more investigating, like figure out why the spirit could be prompting you that something is dangerous and you need to get out before the source corrupts your entire life. Yeah. If something feels wrong, it's probably wrong. So just remember that. All right, so now let's talk about how to differentiate a good source from a bad source. We wanted to let you know that we're not trying to be politically charged at this point, and we're not telling you to believe one news outlet over another. We are simply here to teach you basic principles that are both doctrinally founded in the scriptures and educationally founded in encyclopedias and scholastic history. We want everyone to know that the sources they find are good because education is fundamental to life. We want you to take this information and use it whenever you're coming across news sources or researching things and trying to learn more for your life because these are literally the fundamentals of fact-checking that everybody needs to know for their lives. So, the library at the University of California at Berkeley provided a great resource online on how to fact-check and double fact-check any resources that you come across in your research or in just your general news reading. They say, quote, avoid falling victim to BS, which is their abbreviation for bad sources. <laughs> oh, I love hilarious. that. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> so, avoid falling victim to BS bad sources by carefully considering, one, the source of the information, two, the information's context, including the kinds of authority that are valued in different contexts, and three, how delivery platforms affect you and your information consumption psychology, end quote. So the first one we're going to talk about is your source. They say in the article, quote, when you encounter any source, consider the following, authority. Who is the author? What is their point of view? Consider the purpose. Why was this source created? Who is the intended audience? Publication and format. Where was it published? In what medium was it published? What is the relevance? How is it relevant to your research? What is its scope? When was it published? The date of publication. When was it written? Has it been updated since? That one is really important to me. Documentation. Did they cite their sources? If so, who did they cite? That's my favorite. Gotta have those sources, you guys. I think that's very helpful mm -hmm. because whenever, I know at least when I'm doing my own news reading or like my doomsday scrolling is what I call news reading now, I tend to look at like the most recent articles that were posted for the day and I see, okay, you know, so-and-so said this about this new phase of the Biden administration or something like that. And I go, okay, when was it written? Oh, it was written like two weeks ago. Well, how has it changed since then? And I'll look to see like if that policy or that decision has changed at all in the last few weeks. And if it has, then I go and find articles about that. If I see that it's really just an op-ed, like an opinion article and not- Take it with a grain a, of salt, you guys. Yeah, not a 
fact-finding or fact-sharing article, then I go, okay, well, let me Google these facts and see if actual news outlets or actual experts in this field have discussed it further and have clearer information than this random mommy blogger out in the Midwest, okay? It's important to double-check whatever source you're finding online and to make sure that you're getting the full picture of the information. Ooh, yes, exactly. On that, there was this excerpt from the speech that Obama gave like 10 years, I don't know, 10 years ago or something. Um, and it was just like mentioning like children and like corruption or something. But it's phrased to make him not sound like a good person or something. I don't remember any of the details, only that I then like went into like looking more into it and I saw like it was it was really just clickbait because they had taken it out of context and turned it into something that he was saying like here this is wrong when this happens but they took out the part this is wrong and then he just said this happens and you can you can do that with anyone and i mean no one's perfect political figures are a mess and you just yeah, you need to get the full picture there before you start making assumptions, before you start sharing it on Facebook. Do your research so that you can have a better understanding of what's really going on. Yep. Google the quote before you post it. That's what I always say. So the next part is information context. So they say at UC Berkeley, quote, whose authority matters? What balance of cultural, spiritual, experiential, and mainstream institutional knowledge is appropriate for your research project or for whatever you're studying at this point? What kinds of knowledge do the sources that you are citing privilege? What kinds of knowledge do they ignore? Are there spheres of knowledge they would prefer you ignore? What kinds of political power do the authors that you are citing have? End quote. And I thought this quote was very important to think about also because if you're, we'll say an example, if you're reading an article about COVID-19 and about health and safety guidelines, if you're reading this article and it is citing mommy bloggers, opinion editors, random people online, or you could even say politicians, if it's quoting any of them as like authority figures about a virus those are not people you should be listening to. Conversely, if you're reading an article about like COVID-19, again, we're going to stick with that one, and it's scientists, medical professionals, CDC professionals that are specifically like the viral, what is it, a virologist? Is that what a viral? That does sound like it's real. So I'm going to go with yes. (laughs) A virus scientist a virologist i don't know (laughs) anyways i'm not a science person um but if it's like that kind of a person clearly they have the authority to be speaking on this subject and giving you the correct information those are the kinds of sources that you should be paying attention to so double check where the authority lies in the quotes that they are using in their articles that is where you're going to find the truth So the last one is the delivery platforms and you. UC Berkeley says in their website, quote, two other key components to consider in every information exchange is the delivery platform, whether it's Facebook or a library catalog and the receiver of the information, you, end quote. So they give a lot of really, really great sources and explanations as to how you can pay attention to the delivery platform and you and the way that you're consuming this information. 
So we're going to read through those. Number one, pay attention to your attention. If a particular headline attracts your attention, ask yourself whether or not it's worth your time before acting on the impulse to click it. All the time. All the time. I love that. Seriously. All right. So the next one is exercise crap detection. If something seems fishy, Google the topic to see if you can find any corroborating evidence from reliable sources or Google the author's name to see what else they write, who they work for, etc. I do that all the time. I'll see something that I don't like on Facebook and then I Google it and I'm just like, that person has never said that. That person doesn't exist. And I'm just like, this is just such a weird world we live in. The next one is don't be tricked by sophisticated sounding jargon or sophistry. Note the difference between entertainment and news. So once again, pay attention and differentiate between what is entertainment and what is actual news. Mm -hmm. Well, and the interesting point on that is that, like we said, like the world of entertainment and politics tend to merge quite a bit like we're always listening to actors voice their political opinions and we have politicians who dive in and share their entertainment stories etc the thing is that anybody can sound smart if they use the right keywords that does not mean that they are smart or that they know what they're talking about just because someone is talking in circles around you does not mean that they are more intelligent than you if they're using a lot of big words, it just means that they've been studying the thesaurus a little bit more than you, or they put it into thesaurus.com and looked for synonyms for whatever word they wanted to say and threw it in there. <laughs> yes, please only use words also, though, like only use words if you know how to use them. You will find people using big words and they don't always know what they mean. It's both dangerous and hilarious. Okay, anyways, next one is clickbait can be highly entertaining but it's rarely a reliable source for the truth. Headlines are meant to attract your attention. That's how anybody, that's how journalists and newspapers make their money now. They need to make a very appetizing headliner so that you will click and read through. Even if you only read through it a little bit, they get money just by you clicking on it. They're going to write anything just so that they can get your attention. All right, the next one is know thyself. We all have beliefs, values, and biases that come into play when we encounter different ideas. To ignore evidence that doesn't fit into your current worldview, however, undermines the possibility of meaningful growth. Take some time to expand your worldview, expand your cultural view also, and learn outside of your bubble because that's where you truly grow and can become a better person. I really like that, and I do think that's especially valuable for Mormons. It's both simple and a very complex belief system. And our beliefs tie into pretty much every aspect of our lives. And we need to consider how that plays into the real world around us. So even though we're supposed to be in the world, but not of the world, there's still going to be very important principles within the world that we need to keep in mind. When you believe something and then find evidence that you, that there is proof that it is another way, then it's time for you to take into consideration where your beliefs truly lie. Because I think there's also a lot of previously conceived notions that we've accepted as beliefs, that we've accepted as truths that are not necessarily truth. All right, so the next one is consider both the source of information and your own reaction to it. Note the quality and volume of ads on a website. A lot of obnoxious ads on a site, especially ads for dubious products, can be a good sign that the content of the site may also be questionable. This is so important. 
we like to click on clickbait because we like to feel those emotions. We like to feel righteous and indignation. We like to be able to laugh at something. We like to get angry at things. It's part of that whole like online addiction situation that we have in this generation, whatever you want to call it. I don't have specifics. We're not going to dive into that, but it's something that we need to be acutely aware of when we are diving in and exploring information out on the web and in the world around us. We need to be making sure that we're considering our own reactions and the source of information. Yeah, it's very true. All right, so the next one is verify news stories in other sources. Seek out confirmation from journalists, research groups, or other trustworthy sources who are independently reporting on any given topic. So a good example of this is that I can share is in Orlando, there was a resort that closed and kicked everybody out of the hotel because the sale had been finalized, the contract had been signed and finalized, and in order for it to be like officially final, everybody had to be off property. So they sent the entire staff door to door kicking people off property and not issuing refunds. No way. Now, this sounds like a very clickbaity article, does it not? It does. Okay. It does. Because of this, and I'm not kidding, because I was told this by my sister, and she sent me like a clickbaity type of article about it, and I was like, I think we need to fact yes. check. So we both went online, Googled this whole, the resort, everything that happened, and it was confirmed by five other sources with confirming news stories, including two people per source who were staying at the hotel and were kicked out. Oh my gosh. What? Yes. Some people had like driven down from New Jersey the day before. Oh my god. And gosh. they woke up and the they got a knock on their door saying you have to be out of here by four o'clock. That's insane. And it was during spring break <sighs> no. in Orlando. So like they couldn't find yeah, people were oh, having a hard time finding god. accommodations and everything. So Oof. okay. Okay. Yeah. It's a wild yes. story. It mm -hmm. totally sounds fake, but it is 100% true. And this day and age, like, the thing is that, like, so much happens that anything could be true, which is why clickbait works so well. Yes. And see, it took me and my sister double checking and fact checking everything to verify that there were multiple sources telling a similar story and spreading the facts and spreading this information. And we kept finding local news sources that were telling this story. We found firsthand accounts. I found Twitter responses okay. from people that go. are like, I'm at this hotel and I'm being kicked out. Dang. Like everything. Definitely seek confirmation. I promise you will not be disappointed as you do so. Yes. And with that comes the next step is to cultivate a diverse media diet. So what you can do is pay close attention to the media that you consume, as well as seek out other points of view on any given subject. So sites like allsides.com can help you diversify your political news intake, but it's also helpful to balance the kinds of sources that you consult. So seek out investigative reporting that digs into policy, for example, to balance the mainstream media's focus on political personalities and drama that is really important and one of the things i like to do is definitely like explore different websites and see how people are considering one subject one of the things i like to do is like even if it's just on twitter like it's not reliable at all but it is a great source to hear what people are thinking because they are very clear about what they think on twitter so whenever i find a hot 
subject going on, I just go on Twitter and I start seeing everyone from every single point of view sharing because it's so easy to get caught up and wrapped up in your emotions and your own beliefs that you forget how how people of different systems and beliefs and ideas will have their thoughts as well. I agree. And I'm going to say that Twitter is a great jumping off point. It shows you exactly what people are thinking, how they're reacting to it on both sides. But then like, if you're like me and are a nosy person, because I am very nosy, I'm all I'm immediately like, why are they getting all up in arms about this? What happened? Where's the article? And then I start researching whatever the article was, whatever happened, and I find three or four more resources yes, <laughs> explaining please. what happened. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I can see why this side is mad. Oh, I can see why that side is mad. All right. Now I now I feel like an informed citizen. So Right. Exactly. I'm going to support Twitter on this one. Yes. As you dive into exploring more sources, you're going to be able to piece together the the repeated themes of what's actually going on. And then you're going to be able to start separating their opinions because you're going to, you're going to see, okay, there's this one thing, this one wording, this one idea mentioned in this, but no one else is talking about this. So either no one else noticed this or they're just spouting their opinions. And that's helped me out a lot. So look for the patterns. It gives you a foundation of something to build off on, and then you can go from there. Perfect. So the next one is ask yourself, why am I sharing this? Be clear about your own motivations before you share content online. Are you having an emotional reaction to the content? Does it make you feel better about existing beliefs? Think about what you're sharing. It's so much fun to just like reshare and retweet everything. Um, but I'm definitely trying to be a little bit more purposeful in what I do because it's so easy to just always be up in arms about everything. And we need to focus on our our motivations, on what we actually think we can get out of this. And we need to be able to consider the possibilities of what will come out of it when we are when we do share it. Next one is what you've already said, Tracy, is Google the quote before sharing. hey Please. Let's do it. I've, I've made mistakes in the past. I've shared like pictures that actually like aren't accurate and things like it happens. But we need to learn as we grow and do better. Exactly. The next one is know which section of the newspaper you're reading. News websites can obscure the context of specific articles, but the onus is on you to examine online content carefully to make sure you're not citing a subtly placed advertisement. Look closely at the section a piece appears in. It can help you to distinguish opinion articles from factual reporting. That is very important because if you actually get paper printed newspapers, then you can clearly see which section of the paper has which articles. It is harder online and you do have to dig a little bit more, but most articles that are op-eds will say opinion piece at the top or editorial or something along those lines that will indicate to you whether or not it's factual reporting or if it's someone's opinion. So double check those every time you read. Agreed. Definitely what we need to do. Okay. So for the last one, for last up that the University of California Berkeley provides is don't shoot the messenger. So basically they're saying, keep in mind that an individual sharing content online may not have any particular expertise on the topic 
or be in a good position to vouch for the quality of the information they're sharing. Try to separate your evaluation of the source from your feelings for the individual who posted it. That is very important now because that's how a lot of fights on Facebook and online end up happening. You have to remember that the person sharing the article didn't write the article. They read it, they found it interesting, they shared it. Do not take up your grievances with the person who shared it. It is not their fault that you are angry with the piece. That is very true. Get yes. over yourself. Honestly. <laughs> just, <laughs> just stop. You don't need to attack that person. You can have a conversation with them if you want to yeah. and say, why do you believe this? Like, what made you want to share this? And things like that. But like saying you can't say that kind of thing isn't accurate because they're not saying it. They're sharing who said that. Exactly. My rule of thumb, if you're having strong visceral reactions to a post that someone is sharing and you know that you won't be able to have a civilized conversation with them, just keep scrolling. Just keep on scrolling. No one is holding a gun to your head and forcing you to leave a comment. Just keep on moving. Lord knows I do it. It's very true. I am slowly learning to do that. You're very good at that, Tracy. I am still learning. I just get up in arms about everything. And I get very defensive when people do post on my stuff. So it is very much a learning process. But I can tell you guys, it makes your life a lot easier when you do that. Also, from my camp, these people aren't worth your time. Just keep it moving. Ain't nobody worth your time or energy or anger. Just keep it moving. Keep it moving. That's my phrase. Keep it moving, folks. Keep it moving. Anyways, these tips can help you discern a good source from a bad source. We fully believe that your gut instinct can only take you so far. Yes, it is important to trust your gut, but it is equally important to follow it up with research. So that's all we're going to say about checking your sources. So as we do that, as we learn to judge righteously and wisely in a better manner the information that we seek out, one of the next things that we can do is evaluate ourselves and be careful what we're doing. Elder Dean L. Larson gave a talk in October 1985 in a general conference titled, By Their Fruits You Shall Know Them. So in that, he gave multiple points about how we, as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, should not be judging or criticizing others because that means we are not bringing forth good fruits of the gospel. He said, enjoying the fruits of the gospel should not make us arrogant and aloof, but it should set us apart from the world in much of our conduct. I love that so much because we really... <sighs> We really do preach in the church that like we're different. We're different from the world. Like we're in the world. We're not of the world. We're a chosen generation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it should set us apart in certain ways, but not in all the ways. I think we have so much of our faith as part of our identity that sometimes we have a hard time separating parts of ourselves, if that makes sense. We have a hard time separating certain principles and ideas. We should be exhibiting all of the good things of the gospel. We should not be using our knowledge and testimonies of the gospel to make us sound like we're better than any other person or to make us the moral authority of the world because we are not. 
I'm sorry, we are not. Only Jesus Christ is the moral authority of the world. And you, my friend, are not Jesus Christ, in case you needed to hear that today. (laughs) And you're not perfect, so. No. Stop judging. Hair toss. (laughs) (laughs) Goodness. Okay. um, Okay. But yeah, so we really should not be behaving in a way that's contrary to the teachings of the Savior. Our fruits or our behaviors should be centered in and reflective of the Savior. So while Christ did make righteous judgments, he had the authority to be doing that. He was the only one with that authority. (laughs) The only one. No one can go to him and be like, well, you did this, so you can't say that because he was perfect. We are giant messes or tiny messes of lovable garbage here. So Elder Larson goes on and he so he continued to share a beautiful quote for us to evaluate ourselves and see if we're producing good fruits or bad fruits in our lives. So he said, in our homes and in our families, are we enjoying and qualifying for the love and support of family members? In our business dealings, are we fair and honest and prompt in meeting our obligations? Is our word as good as our bond? Are our private and innermost thoughts free from the contaminations of the world? Do they reflect our absolute loyalty and fidelity to those with whom we we have made eternal vows? Are we nourishing through prayer and a regular study of the Lord's revealed truths, the spiritual and moral strength, which is required in today's environment? In the entertainment and recreation we seek, are we keeping ourselves unspotted from the world and in harmony with the Lord's holy Sabbath? Are we generous with our means and inclined to be serviceable to others? Do we acknowledge our faults and shortcomings and seek forgiveness from those whom we have wronged or offended? Ooh, that's the tea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ooh, that's the tea. That's that is a lot. Oh my gosh! I those are some serious questions that we need to be considering. They are a very good evaluation for each of us to consider and see if we're producing good fruits of the gospel in our lives or not. That is the whole tea. That is the whole kettle of tea. Especially that first question of in our homes and in our families, are we enjoying and qualifying for the love and support of our family members? Like that question echoes what Elder Holland said in conference about priesthood holders that are abusing their family members. If you are not enjoying and qualifying love and support of your family members because you are abusing them, you are clearly producing bad fruit. If you are the source of contention in your home, you are producing bad fruit and you need to work on that. I love that. Right? And then we've shared the quote before from Elder Uchtdorf's uh, April 2012 talk, The Merciful Obtain Mercy, where he gave a list of evaluating questions for people who may be judging other members of the church. Because we're not, we don't have, we never seem to stop judging from people outside or inside of the church. And the most important point he made was to say, stop it if you are guilty of those things. Similarly, if we are guilty of behaviors that represent lying, deceit, contention, or like he said, abuse, and the adversary, we need to stop it. As human beings and as children of God, we deserve good things in our lives. We deserve love. We love. We deserve friendship. We deserve healthy relationships. We deserve opportunities. 
But even as we do deserve these innate things, we also have an obligation to be doing the right things in accordance with these. We need to be returning that love. We need to be loyal to those who we care about, that who we claim to care about. We need to have fidelity in our proper relationships. We need to be, we should be having prayer and regular study of the Lord's revealed truths. We need to be doing all of that. And I really like this last quote from Elder Larson's talk. He says, quote, those who receive the gospel are expected to manifest its fruits in their lives, not only for their own benefit and blessing, but for the purpose of drawing others to the truth. In significant ways, their lives will manifest the fruits of the gospel and set them apart as a beacon to all who are seeking for light and truth, end quote. So once again, we need to be exhibiting the fruits of the gospel and the fruits of the spirit, which are faith, love, kindness, temperance, meekness, love unfeigned, charity, all of those wonderful qualities. We need to be exhibiting those for ourselves and for our own benefit so that way we can become closer to the Savior, but also that so that people around us can see that there is goodness in the world. People need to see that there is light and there is truth out there. And if we can be a good example of truth and light, then we should be doing that. We need to be doing that. Our job is not just to be drawing people to us so we can convert them and get them baptized, but we need to be showing that pure love of Christ and that light of Christ so that way people can feel of that truth and feel the love of Christ in their lives and want to find more about it and want to be that way in their own lives in any form of spiritual context. Anything that inspires people to do good is of Christ. And if we can do all that we can to exhibit those good fruits of the gospel, then we are sharing the light of Christ with people. And that's the most important thing for us to do. I love that. And it reminds me how I've lately been giving more thought onto what it means to be that light on a hill. Because I mean, when you're in like young women's like, yes, you do focus on your values, like divine nature and individual worth. But we also interpret these a lot in more tangible ways by like, okay, we're not going to do anything on Sundays, we're not going to do this, we're going to do this instead. And so growing up, it's easy to get carried away with the idea of okay, to be a light on the hill, we have to not spend money on Sundays, we can't go swimming on Sundays. But I've done those things and I've done other things. I've done things that I thought I would never do as a 14-year-old girl in my young women's classes. And it's been a very important reminder, and especially like in today's episode, is that we don't have to be doing all that to be a light on the hill. If we want to be that light, we need to be showing who we are on the inside and not just caring about the outside appearance. Exactly. I think that brings us to a good point that you have in our episode notes. I think it's from David B. Hate's BYU talk, the by, by their fruits you shall know them. Um, it says, be deliberate about what we are planting. Consider the fruits that you are bringing forth in your relationships, whether at work, home, or out socially. I think it all comes back to the you reap what you sow. If you're out there sowing misinformation, rudeness, criticism, sowing judgment, and sowing hate, that's exactly what you're going to reap. You're going to get all of that back. You can't sow seeds of hatred and expect to reap love. If you're out there sowing love, sowing hope, 
sowing encouragement, support, and service, those are the things that you're going to reap as well. From a personal perspective and from a, from a human perspective, we need to be focusing on this and really amplifying the effort that we're putting out into the world and the energy that we're putting out into the world. Exactly. Well said. Because we, we need to be doing our best to be our best. I used to concentrate so much on being the example that other people needed that I didn't think about who I needed to be for myself. And by taking that redirect, it's completely changed who I am in a lot of unpredictable, but also really good ways. As we improve ourselves, it's going to help us be the people we're meant to be so that we can support those around us so that we can be cultivating good values to support those around us. Yeah. That lesson is something that took me a long time to figure out because when I was like you said, like in youth age, young women's, all I was thinking was the checklist of like, I need to dress modestly and I need to go to church every Sunday and I need to go to seminary and I need to do this and I need to do that. So that way people know that I'm different. So people want to learn more about Jesus from me. That is not the case whatsoever. It doesn't matter if you are living the letter of the law, if you're not living the spirit of the law. Ooh, that's good. If you are one of those people that just does the checklist things of, I'm going to church every Sunday, I'm dressing modestly, or I'm not drinking coffee and I'm not drinking tea, but I'm not doing any of the spiritual things to make me a better person, like I'm not putting effort into studying the scriptures, into praying, into repenting, into serving, into uplifting others, then you're just a shell. You're just a symbol of what a Mormon is. You're not the actual heart of what a member of the church is. I definitely agree with you that I have done things as a 31-year-old woman (laughs) that Mm -hmm. 16-year-old Tracy would never have dreamed of because that's not the letter of the law. But it's been a journey of figuring out what is more important. Being Christ-like and being the best version of yourself that you can be or refraining from doing this one thing because that's what the handbook tells us to do. You got to work on what you're putting out into the world rather than marking things off on a checklist. Right, exactly. So in the book, The Power of Truth, William George Jordan wrote, Truth is a rock foundation of every great character. It is loyalty to the right as we see it. It is courageous living of our lives in harmony with our ideals. It's those last words that really got my attention. Living in harmony with our ideals. If we can do that, then we are being that light on the hill. We are sowing what we're going to sow what we reap. We're going to have the right kind of fruit that we need to be to be sharing with the world. And even if our ideals are right, they might all they might and they can and they will appear different than what we might have expected. As we live our ideals in a harmonious way, you know what? There's gonna be occasions where we do end up buying something on Sunday. There's gonna be occasions where we do something that our younger selves thought might have been scandalous. Like getting a tattoo. Yes, exactly. Which we both <laughs> you guys. Um, so, but as long as we're living in our ideals, that's that's the important thing. Even if we're not giving off the appearance of what everyone else thinks is right, that's that doesn't matter anymore. Once you're living harmoniously with your ideals, then you're doing exactly what you should be doing. You're building that relationship with Jesus Christ, with your heavenly parents. You're being 
the best person that you can be. What more can you really be doing? Exactly. So to wrap up today's episode, we just wanted to remind you of a few key principles that we hope you got out of today's episode. One, we can't be judgmental or critical of other people. We should be using the spirit to discern what is good and bad, but that's as far as our judgment should be taking us. Two, we can't trust the news without accurate sources <laughs> or without <laughs> or without fact-checking things. We need to do our thorough research. That didn't come out right. We can't trust clickbait headlines for our main source of news. We need to do our due diligence, research, fact check, and find corroborating sources. And use the spirit. If you're getting a gut instinct that something's wrong, it's probably wrong. And you should investigate further. The other one is we need to be doing our best as people. We reap what we sow. Our fruits meaning our actions, behaviors, and words will ultimately show us where our heart lies. So those are three principles that we hope you learn from our episode today. We are not experts. We are giving you suggestions, and we've given you plenty of resources to use so you can do your own investigation, and the onus is on you to push forward and do your own research to understand the truth for yourself. Yes. Amen to that. That's all. That's all I can say. Like we can we can keep talking and have all these opinions, but honestly, there's still our opinions. Even and with the principles that we're sharing, this is now up to you to do something about. You can ignore this. You can change your life. You can consider this and go to your own sources, to the sources we reference, and maybe do something. So best of luck and please feel free to connect with us if you want to correct us if you want to share with us what you've learned if you want to share any other great points we would love to hear from you guys exactly so you can find us on twitter at at potatoes ward on instagram same thing at potatoes underscore ward make it a little easier to find us and through gmail funeral potatoes for the singles at gmail.com or our website potatoesward.com right something like that <laughs> just give it a it's few a- tries you guys you'll figure it out you're fine you're doing great it's in our instagram you'll find it anyways yes. <laughs> thanks for listening this week guys have a great day <laughs> bye bye